but I suppose it came very clear on Tuesday morning as I sat in a chair that I often sit just to pray and uh, reflect and God just sort of clarified my thinking for, for this morning and where we want, where we want to go or where I believe that he, fit, that he wants us to go. And I'm just going to touch on a subject which perhaps uh, touches many of us, some of us perhaps more than others, but I'm sure it's a subject that um, in one way or another has affected each and our, every one of our families. And it's come really out of a growing burden. And uh, a number of my Facebook feeds over the summer and going back longer than that have been, we need to talk about this. We need to recognise this. We can talk. And then it came out of an experience of my, of my, my own back in, in the summer, where I just felt that at one point in the summer, I was tottering on precipice. Things were tough. Things were a bit overwhelming, and there was a lot going on. The question I'm bringing this morning is mental health. Mental health. Tuesday, just sitting there, praying and quietly reflecting for this morning, and God just simply took me to Psalm 23 and to those words, I restore your soul. What is it that they say? He restores, he refreshes my soul. But then he took me to Psalm 42. And I guess Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 is a psalmist grappling. Grappling with the darkness, grappling with the struggle. Grappling with the struggle that perhaps many of us go through in life. And he asks a question in that psalm where he says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Let me just read for a moment this psalm to you. Psalm 42. Because it is a cry of the heart. It's a cry of the heart of someone who's struggling to make sense of life, who's struggling to know God, who's struggling to know his place or in life, who's struggling spiritually, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And yet it's a psalm of hope. It's a psalm of firm faith. It's a psalm that declares... Yet will I praise him, my saviour and my God. But Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? 
These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me, Therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Miser, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour, and my God. And the psalmist runs on into Psalm 43. And Psalm 43, you know, is part of it. And originally we believe that it was all one psalm. Because Psalm 43 again uh, concludes with that. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him. For my Saviour and my God. Now, I don't come this morning as any expert. I don't come at all. But I'm just conscious through the conversations that I've had over recent months, but going back years now, in a sense of people's struggle. And if figures are to believe, then one in four of us, at some point in our lives, will struggle with mental health and struggle quite severely with it. I'm no expert. I just simply want to say this morning that this is a safe place. This is a safe place. Some of those conversations have gone along something along the lines is, why won't people acknowledge it? Why won't people acknowledge my struggle? We'll acknowledge a cancer, we'll acknowledge a broken leg, but why would I not acknowledge my struggle with my mental health or my sense of well-being? If you are struggling this morning, I just simply want to say to you, God is with you. God is with you. God, is, God loves you. God journeys, journey, journey, journeys with you. David states that he restores my soul. What is our soul? It's our inner person, it's our inner being, it's our inner spirit. It's what makes David, David. And it's unique. And it's what makes Simon, Simon. It's his inner person, it's his inner being. It's what makes Simon, Simon. It's what makes Simon different to me. 
It's our inner life. And we believe, don't we, that, yeah, when we die, our souls go to be with the Lord. It's who we are, and we leave behind this body of flesh. Sometimes our spirits become lethargic, flat, and downcast. Sometimes we struggle within our emotions and our feelings. I felt that, and I knew that back in the summer. Some of you here this morning picked it up. Some of you picked it up. But at the same time, I know you can hide it very well. You can hide it very well. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. It's almost as if the psalmist is talking to himself. And I guess there's that sense that when we are in that emotional turmoil, we talk to ourselves. We talk to ourselves. This psalm speaks about spiritual isolation. It speaks about social isolation. It speaks about physical isolation. It speaks of where can I go to meet with God? Why have you forgotten me, O God? It speaks about social isolation. Where is your God? People are ridiculing. It speaks about physical isolation. My tears have been my food. All we've had is our own struggle. But then it's the psalmist talking to himself. He's asking a question, why, my soul, why so disturbed within me? It's a good place to start. Why? Why? Asking ourselves that question. I can give you reasons and I can give you chapters and I can give you verses as to why I felt how I felt back in the summer. With physical need, spiritual need and social need. But then there's this affirmation that comes through from the psalmist. Put your hope in God. It's almost as if he's speaking to himself. He's saying, put my hope, put my trust, even in the darkness, even in the midst of the tunnel, put my hope in God. And there's that declaration of salvation. For I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. He knows, he knows that he'll come through it. He knows that he'll come through it. That this tunnel isn't all that there is. Now thankfully, because of the love of others, because of the concern of others, I was able to step away from the precipice. But it was a big lesson. But back to Psalm 23. He restores my soul. And I've often referred back to my past in farming. And Psalm 23 is just a fantastic psalm. And uh, there's so much of my farming background that I can bring to that psalm. And I believe that I can bring it to it into this in terms of this whole sort of question of, of mental health and, and of when we're in that dark place. David says, he restores my soul. 
There's just such a thing as a sheep being cast. Take that word downcast in Psalm 62. It speaks of, being, of inertia, it speaks of lethargy, it speaks of apathy, it speaks of that feeling as if I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to do anything and why is everybody getting on at me and why is life such a mess? Why is it all dark? Well, there's a sheep condition called cast. And in this cast, they're unable to get up. Their centre of gravity has moved. And if you don't do something about it, yeah, they die. That's the reality of it. And um, what happens is, it often happens in the spring when the new grass is around. It often happens when a female ewe is heavily pregnant. But it can happen to, at any time of the year. Maybe a sheep is just sitting in the field and it just rolls a little bit and it falls into a small sort of hollow. And it can't get out. Its gravity has shifted. Only needs to be a small hollow. And it's just happened. It's just happened. It's fallen into a hollow. And so it's on its side or it can be on its back and its legs are in the air and it starts kicking its legs in the air, trying to get up. But the more it kicks, the worse it becomes. And its centre of gravity has shifted. And depending on the severity of the, of, of the hole, if you like, or, or whatever, it's a few hours. But the sheep will get groggy. The sheep will start to fill up with gas because it can't expel its, the, 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 the bodily gases. And yet, ultimately, it will die. There's only one thing that can happen. And that is that the shepherd comes along. And the shepherd comes and he sees that sheep and he comes up alongside that sheep and he starts to talk very quietly. Because that sheep is frightened. That sheep is frightened. And it comes alongside that sheep and he gradually, he takes hold of the sheep and he picks the sheep up. Very slowly. Very slowly. And he puts it back on its, its feet. But you see, the trick is, that sheep wants to get up and run. But if it gets up and run, it'll only just stagger and fall over again. That's all that will happen. So what the, what the shepherd does is, he holds it. He holds it. And he holds it. And as he holds it, so the gases are released. So the sheep becomes calm. And so once he lets it go, off it goes. And that's the cure for being cast. And I want to say to you this morning, wherever you are in life, whatever you're going through, the Lord holds you. The other day in uh, the staff meeting, we shared communion. And I suggested that we shared communion without words. We found a way. We found a way to express communion in serving one another with communion. You know what it is, you know. Uh, here is the body of Christ broken for you. Here is the blood 
Christ shed for you. We're so predictable, aren't we? We're so predictable. As powerful as those words are. And I actually served Mark. And served him with the bread. I knelt in front of him and served him with the bread. And then something inside me just simply said this. Mark, I'm not going to embarrass you. But I just reached up. And I don't know, for a few minutes, we just did that. And I just felt that God just simply said to Mark at that time, I embrace you. I embrace you. We men, we're not very good, are we, at expressing emotion? And sometimes all we need is an embrace. Interesting in the conversation that um, Mark and I had afterwards about it, or he shared later, he said, you know, he said, not since my dad died had I had an embrace from a man. Not since my dad died that I had an embrace from a man. Because we're fearful of it. But I want to say to you this morning, God embraces you. And if you feel this morning that you could do with a hug, I'm not Chris Duffett, but yeah, I'll give you a hug. Because I'm going to say to you, back in the summer, somebody gave me a hug. Somebody gave me a hug. And it was part of what drew me back from the precipice. Now, some of you might feel as if you're over the prefaces and you're pulling down. But I want to say to you, there's somebody at the bottom. There's somebody at the bottom and they'll catch you. They'll catch you and they'll hold you. I've talked more than I expected to. But I just felt that that's what God was laying on our hearts for this morning. As we come to communion... I don't know where we are in our mental health. I know where some of you are physically. I know where some of you are, actually, in your mental health. Yeah, I do know that. But I want you to know that his grace, his grace is sufficient to meet all your needs. We're going to share communion. We're going to come forward as we normally do and receive communion. Two other people are going to share, be serving with me. And then we should go move into a time of ministry, and I know time moves on, but time can also stand still. And I've got the oil. Again, something that comes out of, out of Psalm 23. Eileen is going to join me here at the front. And in that time of ministry after communion, we should be just here to... Just simply anoint you with oil. And the words that I will use, unless God gives me anything other, will be, he restores, he refreshes your soul.
He restores, he refreshes your soul and anoint you with oil. God gives me anything more than that, then yes, I will speak it over you. But that's all it will be. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, it's not my mental health that I'm struggling with, it's my left ankle. Fine, come forward, be anointed. Be anointed. There's nothing wrong. The, inv the invitation is there for you.